Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to another Funky Marketing uh, show, another episode. Today I have a pleasure to uh, to talk with somebody that um, by following his podcast and uh, his Twitter account and everything that he's writing about and looking at his background, it's totally look like, uh, you know, like somebody that has the same mindset as I do and a lot of the similar things and especially, you know, like after uh, seeing the visuals on his podcast, like uh, old tapes and all the funky colors and everything. And I mean, um, he's a guy that has been in the industry for like, uh, especially in B2B SaaS more than, than I have. So like around 12 years and somebody that, you know, has uh, messaging, positioning, sales alignment, demand generation, content creation around his head all the time, thinks about it. And I guess that's what it takes to get to great results. So uh, allow, join me to welcome uh, Brett McGrath to the, to the Funky Marketing Show. Neman, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to the conversation. I've been enjoying following your content. You're, I see your face everywhere. So that means I think you're doing a good job, whether it's on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, you're very well connected. And I think someone who uh, appreciates the community, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about community uh, in this conversation, but thanks for having me. Yeah, I think uh, it's a lot about about distribution. Yeah, that's that's some some of the things that lots of companies are missing. Uh, you also uh, got kind of the similar conclusion, and you also have the solution. So we're gonna talk talk about this as well. But uh, tell me, why did you choose like the visuals for the podcast, which are like old school retro vibe? Uh, you know those things. Yeah. So when so when I. Um... I joined the juice. I told our CEO, I think that we needed to jump in and have a podcast right away because our platform is about curating the best content in B2B. And I wanted to curate the best content creators in B2B on the show. And so, um, you know, it obviously, I don't need to explain it to you, but you know, it gives you the opportunity to meet people from all over the world. Um, and you know, learn, create content, make those connections. And then just the artwork itself, I'm a big music guy. We were talking a little bit about uh, Arctic Monkeys before uh, we went live here. Um, I've got a, a record collection downstairs. Music is a passion of mine. And when I think of the word curating, I always think of mixtapes. And we we traded mixtapes and mix CDs in, in high school and even earlier in middle school. And so whenever I hear curation or it being curated, I always think of a mixtape. And I thought... Um, what a what a cool way to work with design to kind of bring out that passion of mine, but also tell the story of what we're doing on the podcast. So the cassette tape, it does get a nice reaction and I, I really dig it. So uh, uh, I think uh, it's a kind of passion of what I'm about and just what I love in music. And then also um, it aligns well with what we're trying to accomplish with the show. Yeah, I love that. I mean, same here. We just choose the old TV and basically, you know, like when we publish the episodes uh, live on LinkedIn, we are basically inside the, the old TV frame. Uh, and, you know, like it kind of get, gets people uh, emotionally connect with you, like through those retro vibes, old school things, like people love looking back and, you know, kind of got to emotions that are not connected necessarily to the you know, to the music, to the television, whatever, but also to the to the people that they remember. Yeah, 100%. I think there's, I, I try to, in everything I do, I try to infuse a little bit of nostalgia in my copywriting, in, um, dig, in, in design, in what I'm talking about on Twitter. I think those analogies and trying to connect people back to their past, um, it's all about cutting through the noise, right? We're trying to earn people's attention. And I think if you can connect someone back to a previous time in their life that makes them feel something, the odds of them going in, listening to your podcast, reading your article, watching your video goes up. So um, I think nostalgia is a uh, super underrated quality that I've used to cut through some of the noise. And I think um, could be something a, a lot of other marketers might use to level up and get more people uh, reading their stuff. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing the same thing. Like I think uh, two or three weeks ago, I 
we have this thing here in Serbia when we celebrate the saints. So each house has a saint and we call it Slava. And like, I don't celebrate it, but my father was celebrating it. So I just, you know, like cook a good lunch, uh, use some, uh, you know, a uh, couple of glasses of brandy or something like that, just to remember him. And I posted that on LinkedIn and I posted the, the video of us. We were organizing the huge summer camp in the mountains to kind of stop mountain villages from dying. And we gather all the people from the village, you know, do the show for them, but they didn't want to go. So, uh, you know, we took out the guitar, the guy had a guitar and started singing different songs. And it was the, the last summer of uh, when my father was alive. And, you know, uh, and I posted that video on LinkedIn and it was one of the best performing posts over there. People, you know, got attached to it. Like I got to go and call my dad, like my dad says hi or like, you know, I, I got to go and, and sing something with with the friends or, you know, like kind of it doesn't necessarily the content needs to be related to the business. Sometimes we can go and, you know, have one post that is totally out of out of everything and just brings brings you in emotionally with your audience. I think uh, with that and what you were just describing, and I was hanging on every word you were saying, is that it it, it drives story and narrative, and people people get sucked into stories. You can stand up in you know in the U.S. We everyone's going to Thanksgiving tomorrow. They'll be visiting their loved ones, and people will be in those rooms. They'll be cooking, and people will see family members they haven't seen in a long time. Um, Inevitably, we'll all have stories and we're all storytellers in that setting and we all have everyone's attention and we laugh, we cry, we comment. And I think just in marketing in B2B, something that might seem sterile at time, it might seem boring at time. Like there's so much opportunity to inject excitement and inject nostalgia, inject narrative and stories into the work that we do. Um, and I think brands and people who are doing that right now are cutting through a lot of noise and um, earning that attention of the audience members uh, quicker. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's what brought me to, to B2B, you know, working with B2C companies and seeing that B2B, everything is foggy, mystic, no people, no personalities, only features, you know, everybody talking about themselves. And then you go and you do something differently. And uh, like, I, I want to see like the New Year commercials, the way Coca-Cola does them in B2B, like that that's kind of uh, what we need to see in, it won't happen soon, but you know, it's already there. People started to, to, to take a different approach. 100%. Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of people want to infuse B2C with B2B, which is cool. Like we should gain inspiration from other areas. I'm looking for the B2B companies who do some of that, but then start helping us drive B2B into a place where um, we go to be entertained and be educated. And I know we're going to talk a lot about it, but that's what I'm finding in the modern day marketer and the individual who I believe is the catalyst for change in B2B. They're doing those things. And part of what I'm trying to do with my show, my platform and at the juices, elevate those people up and say, hey, you don't need to do things like we've done it five to 10 years ago. Like, look at what these people are doing. They're building brand, they're earning trust, and they're doing it in a different way. So I think the opportunities are endless in B2B. Yeah, I totally agree. So, so tell, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, you mentioned modern day marketeer and uh, you, you kind of, that was kind of how you, how you defined, uh, you know, uh, the hero of your story uh, over there in, in Juice. So what's a modern day marketeer? It's a, it's a like flashy name to, to say. But how did you come up with that and what, is actually, what it actually means? I know that you are doing things a little bit differently. So like no ICP, but you, you define it a little bit differently. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I really view it as a journey and an exploration. And it started with the 3C podcast. And um, I, I first, before I started the podcast, I started having these conversations with individuals because it had been a while since I'd been in the MarTech space. Um, I started there, worked in a bunch of different verticals, and I came back, and I realized things were a lot different than when I had left it. And so I'd have these conversations, and I realized, wow, like these individuals are going about um, gaining attention, earning trust a lot different than when I left this space. And so I, that's when I kind of took a step back, and I said, well, this is pretty powerful. I think 
we should start sharing these stories because I'm learning a ton with the audience that we're trying to develop. So throughout this process of doing the podcast, meeting uh, modern day marketers from all over the world, um, it, it wasn't the modern day marketer from the beginning, but it formed over a period of time. And so um, I, I view the modern day marketer is the individual who is the catalyst for change in B2B marketing. It is the individual that doesn't necessarily need to be the VP or the CMO. It can be the individual contributor who walks into their organization and uh, teams are doing things the old way or the way I grew up doing B2B marketing and are questioning it and saying, well, why are we putting forms in front of this? Like, shouldn't we make our content more accessible? And so I think what I'm trying to do is elevate those individuals, tell their story and inspire others, because I think there's just so much opportunity for all of us collectively as a uh, community to think a little bit outside the box and think about how we want to be reached as consumers. And so part of what I'm trying to do and I started it out and now I'm hitting hitting this drum of the modern day marketer. And I, I, I started to feel something then started to gain some momentum. And I was just in, I've been in conversations with our team and said, Hey, this is what we're going to be talking about going into 2022 and beyond. How can we begin to infuse this, not only with what I'm saying in marketing, but how can we infuse this with our sales team, with our customer success team? How do we bring this to product? So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it would have never have happened if I didn't reach out to strangers, ask to learn from them, create content with them and do that habitually. And the more I've done that, the more confident I've got at, this is our hero. This is the person that we want to collaborate with, partner with. We want them to be our customer. And so the more I lean into it, the stronger conviction I get. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I recognize myself in uh, in what you were saying because, like, you know, funky marketing. We started it like being different. All the things that we mentioned mentioned before, but also getting marketing back where it belongs, where it cares about ethics, about relationship, those kind of things, and like also by by you know by talking with people, but working with customers, with clients. Like one thing that stood out is relationships. So, so that's why, like last week, we rebranded the, the website and the messaging to focus on relationship-centric marketing, and uh, kind of also, you know, like we have this thing. I um, still need to, to uh, you know, to figure it out how we're gonna go with it this year. Like funky marketing top voices, which, and now listening to you, I realize like that's the modern-day marketers. Like all the people on the list, those are those are the people that we can define as modern day marketers what 100 and uh so i think you're going about it the right way i think for me it, at its core it is this elevation of the brand marketer and the elevation of brand front and center um and i i say this a lot and i'm i'm not trying to throw shade on demand generation i spent the front half of my career in demand gen i've worked the back half of my career in content and brand and i just think um we have this uh, it B2B, it's this, we have this transactional mindset and these systems that have put, been put in place for so long that is, okay, we do this campaign. It generates this many leads. This many leads goes over to sales teams. It, these, these leads convert. And I think, and then we're trying to, let's, let's track all the attribution and let's do this again. So it becomes repeatable. And all of a sudden we start operating like robots. And I think really uh, resonates and what matters is that when we are able to provide consistent value and try new things, think outside the box. And I think what I think of the modern day marketer, I don't ever want to discount demand gen. I think demand gen is a function that is a uh, necessity within the space we operate in. I do see demand gen operators, like those that are having the most success, are the ones that are thinking more like a modern day market or maybe fusing some brand marketing into what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm very uh, optimistic that the lines are blurring in between brand and demand. And the more I see it, the more excited I get. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my view as well. And, and like more as demand gen is becoming the buzzword these days, more and more positions are opening up. More people are talking about it. Like, that's why we decided to go and, you know, say we do relationship-centric marketing. You know, just just to 
talk about those things in a different way because like to be honest like having demand gen on our website uh companies that started to reach out to us were the ones that just wanted to do ads like and that's only a part of what dimension should do you know there's organic part this brand part there are lots of stuff over there that, that should be happening you know like back in the days it was only like seo we do the seo now it's it seems like it's only like advertising okay we have this team inside the company we produce the content we will pay you to kind of do the distribution through ads but like they don't think about the distribution through other channels uh you know communities those kinds because of, you cannot do that with with ads and uh you know it's much bigger picture so you know i was like same of uh same thinking as you were like let's go and talk about it let's give people different examples different points of view and let's get them more educated about what it all means yeah, I think I love the branding on the relationship mark or the positioning on relationship marketing. And I think just as a if I put on my demand gen hat, um, you know, five, five to seven years ago as just the demand gen ind individual contributor, I, I wish I would have seen where it was going. And I wish I would have spent more time um, trying to think kind of like a salesperson in a way where I would where I would be reaching out uh researching finding the right people who align with the message that my company does because i think that's where demand generation is going it's it's finding the people who align with your values it's finding the people who align with your message it's having a show having a having a podcast having a youtube show and it's collaborating with them it's building relationships and yes there's a artifact at the end of it where you have this episode that then you can promote and the, your guests can promote and you get access to their audience but that's the start of the relationship that there's there's so much more than that. And I think um, throughout this journey of the the 3C podcast there, I, I was like, took a step back and I was like, man, like we've recorded with over 50 people that I did not know going into this year. That's crazy. Now, I don't want to I, I want to make sure I nurture those relationships. So going into next year, what are the things that I can do to tap back into that audience and do cool stuff that's going to stand out? And so. I love that relationship marketing and it's counter to the the mainstream thinking in B2B, which in turn is very transactional, like that ad story you said, like, let's pay someone a bunch of money, let's put up these ads and hope we get leads. Like, that's just not the way, um, it, that's not going to be sustainable and that's just not the way B2B is moving. Exactly. So one of the most important things in, uh, you know, in creating relationships is transparency. You talked about it on the podcast and in, this is the topic that you talk a lot about. So um, I want to ask you, what do you consider as being transparent? Like it can mean a, mean a lot of stuff. So I want to just kind of get your thoughts around it. Yeah. So I think when you have a vehicle like a, a podcast, a, um, a, a blog, it gives you the opportunity to make a connection with your audience and get them to understand who you are as an individual. And I think you, you, you can see it today. You look at all these B2B brands and they've got, uh, you know, Twitter accounts and then they've got the individual at the uh, company who is their evangelist, who has 10 X more followers than their brand does. And so I think the rise of the individual is happening right now. People want to hear from people. People don't necessarily want to hear as much from brands. And so with that at the center, I think, it gives the individual creator the opportunity to be real and authentic and think and, and communicate with their audience like you are a friend or someone who they want to they want to make a connection with and that's what i try to do i try to what i try to do at the juice is i try to take anyone who is in our audience i try to give them a peek behind the curtain at what we're building how we're thinking um what's good what's bad what we failed in and I try to do this through stories. I do this with the blog posts. I do this with um, our podcast, our, The Blend, which is our um, newsletter that we put out every week. And the more I lean into being a real person, I had a daughter. Uh, we had a daughter. Um, she's tomorrow. She'll be seven weeks old. She's changed my life. It's amazing. And I wanted to let the audience know that, like, 
yes, I have a baby on the way. I'm going to be out of commission for a little bit. My team is going to take over these areas. And then when the baby was born, I wanted to share a picture of her to the audience and say, hey, look how I'm a proud dad. And um, this is marketing's important, but like my life has changed. This is way more important. And I just want to be real with people. And I feel like the more real and authentic I am, whether it's the good or the bad, the stronger the connection is on the other side. And I, 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 I've learned to do this because I, I put myself in the shoes of the, the content consumer. And for me, it's like, those are the people I want to follow. Those are the people I want to hear from. The people that have built trust with me are the people who are letting me know what music they listen to. Let, letting me know that uh, when their, their wife's uh, asleep, they, what they watch on uh, Netflix, like those kind of stuff, like that's just being real. And um, that's what I, I appreciate. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do. And I also will say um, when I joined the juice, our CEO, Jonathan Gandalf was very big in this idea and this trend of building in public. And it was something, one of the reasons why I joined the juice is because I'd have the opportunity to be myself and lean into crazy ideas and, and, and honesty. And so I think from the top down here at the juice, that's something that I've been really proud to work here is just everyone's openness and, and honesty. And I think it translates from our internal conversations out and I can feel the momentum around it on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Cause like people often forget that social media is just like extension of what's happening inside the company. I work a lot with companies and create sort of a hub inside the company, which then, you know, goes out on LinkedIn or on other channels. And, you know, it won't happen if there isn't, you know, uh, collaboration, uh, support uh, and trust inside the company. So, uh, you know, when you have that, then the content creation becomes much easier. And, you know, because you trust, in, you know, that you will get the feedback even before you go and post something or, you know, you know, to have the freedom to talk about certain topics uh, or those kind of stuff. So, so maybe we can go into a little bit into, you know, some hints of how can people actually create great, great content. You know, uh, there are lots of advice around there, you know, like you do this to create content, you do this, but what are a couple of things that they can do to create content, which is not like average, but, uh, but a little bit um, above that. So at the simplest form, my recommendation to anyone would be write for people, don't write for machines. And I think we have gotten so used to thinking about the keywords that we want to stuff in the blog post and how we want to make Google react to what we write. We've lost sight of telling stories, being honest and driving narrative and being real. And so I think I would start there. I, I love writing. I think and I think writing is the most powerful tool that we have in, in marketing. And I would say if you're a marketer, a team of one or a team of several, I would always get into the habit of writing every week. Write every day if you can. Um, don't if as if you elevate your career, you can bring on new writers, but always make sure that you're getting involved in the process because I think that there's there's such so many rich that's such a rich skill that can help elevate the brand that you're building so that would be my my strongest recommendation in terms of um, content creation the other one would be making making sure you're not just doing it yourself um you alluded to um individuals within organizations buying in and enjoying um content and i think the role of the content marketer, one of the most important traits is being a content facilitator. And that's not only externally, that's internally. But when you have you when you have your people bought into your content and what you're building and designing, they want to be a part of it. And you need to, as a content creator, you need to empower them and make sure that they can share their voice that aligns with um, the story that you're trying to tell. And I think that's always an indicator for me. It's like when people raise their hand and say, Hey, like I've got a take and an idea on what you're riffing on over here. And I'd love to create this article on it. Like to me, that's always like a benchmark of success as a content marketer when other people want to get involved. So like two recommendations in terms of great, and that goes externally too. That goes what we just talked about with collaboration, putting on your sales hat, and I don't mean like selling them, like sell them your software. I mean, just like operate like a salesperson, a business developer would do doing the research, 
making sure you're you're sending a message that resonates and you're getting those people and don't try you just, it's a process make sure you manage that process and if you do it in a way um that pe people trust you um you're going to be able to maximize that relationship for a while and create really good content so those are the two right for people not machines um and make sure that you are uh putting on your content facilitator hat too, and not just a content creator. And I think the more I've done that, I feel like it's up leveled the content that I'm building. Yeah, you, you just reminded me of, of a message I got last night on LinkedIn with, from a guy I just connected with. Uh, and it's like, I, I usually reach out to people, you know, after two or three weeks, uh when they consume the content and i say you know just want to say hi drop a line and say hi and then start the conversation that's uh, i don't have other aspiration if it happens something okay but the guy asked me so nemanja uh what are we doing here uh are you selling me am i selling to you are we selling to somebody together or we are just arranging sex <laughs> and I was like, okay, I have all the options here. I can choose. <laughs> I love it. I love the honest, straight to the point. I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, when he, when he learned why, then he asked, why me? So I told him, well, ah, I, I connect with people that I, that I think, you know, have something to say and then I can, I can learn something from them maybe. And he's like, okay, I love the sensibility. I love everything. Let's continue chatting. And, you know, those kind of things, when you ran, run to those kind of people, then, you know, uh, it's kind of easier to start a relationship and really get get going into the things. I used to have this, um, you know, sending messages, I used to have this explanation, you know, because the company is named Funky Marketing, and I can just, you know, say I love GTA, I love Marvin Gaye, I love, like, uh, you know, 70s, those kind of stuff and then people react to it you know there's nobody that won't react to, to the music to those kind of stuff one in just being relatable like that makes you a real person and when you said marvin gay immediately in my head i i started to hear sexual healing in my head i heard marvin gay sexual healing and now i'm going to associate you with marvin gay and marvin gay is a great artist so um, I think that's, that's, I love that. I love that story. And I think just be real, like take chances that's you're taking a chance. You're not trying to be buttoned up, but it aligns with your brand, right? Funky marketing. Like you want people to think a little bit different, um, about you. So I think kind of the punchline of that is just take some chances and just be yourself. If people don't want to work with you, move on to the next person. Yeah. And, and look, like, I, I don't know if you do that. I often ask people, you know, like, who would you relate your brand to if if that person enters the door and you know that's where i came up thinking about the answer that's where i came up with marvin gay but marvin gay in a specific situation like when he sang the the national anthem uh in the uh halftime of the all-star game there's a huge article on that topic with the with the you know uh with the video and everything but he wasn't the first choice like somebody else was he was already you know washed as they call him, you know, he was he came out of the bad situation and everything. But he came up, he wear the glasses uh, on the wrong side, like uh, the um, how is it called? The picture, the branding was on the other side. He didn't know it or didn't care, and just started singing in his own voice. And like the 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 their uh, you know messages from uh, Pat Riley, from all the people that were there on on the game, like. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't expect anything. It was Marvin Gaye, you know, and he sang the anthem in his way, totally like that. And that's how I, how I, how I see the funky marketing. So that's why I had this, you know. I can, I can appreciate that. I need to go. I, rem, I know what you're talking. I need to go back on and hit find that on YouTube after we get done and watch it. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a nice a nice thing. I mean, it all came through, you know, through my father who was, uh, you know, listening to that music and having it all, like playing basketball and all the other stuff. It also gets us back, you know, as as we were mentioned, uh, you know, to uh, things that we inherited from the past. And um, tell me, tell me something. You know, we talked about. Uh, the hero, the journey, the transparency, the content creation. 
So tell me a little bit about how you think about about content distribution. So it's a it's a huge topic, and you know you can do it in a lot of different ways. But in most of the time, companies, you know, when they think about it, they think, oh, we need to do something manually, so we just won't do it. Yeah. So I think uh, I think content distribution is the the number one opportunity right now in B two B marketing, and I also can can say from my my personal use case, it's the number one topic that other marketers want to talk with me about. The opportunity is no one has it mastered, no one has it figured out. And I think it, it varies from company to company. And uh, it remind. and I was saying this internally the other day, it reminds me a lot of when like account-based marketing came on where, um, you know, there was account-based marketing companies that supported it. And some people just thought, okay, well, I need to go to these account-based marketing companies and get a solution. And then I can start, um, uh, then I can start uh, doing account-based marketing. When in fact, it's you, the solution helps support your account-based marketing program, but you don't need one to get started. And I view that very similarly in the same lines as content distribution. Yes. Um, you know, and so I think it is, the, it, we've spent so much time being this content factory where it's like, all right, we're going to write for machines because we know Google loves our blog posts at 8, 8 a.m. every Tuesday. And we're going to write because we want them to read our keywords and we want that to be consistent because we want placement. And then it's just, we're not, we're not even thinking. We're just writing, writing and boom, boom, boom. Just there it goes. And we don't we don't take a step back and be like, all right, how can I maximize this content? How can I get in front of the right people? And I think what content distribution does, and I think the modern day marketer is thinking very diligently about content distribution. It allows the creator to take a step back and figure out, okay, what can I do? Like, what is my, like, if I'm a, if I, if I've created this, like what's my <coughs> scouting report on how to get this to the right people at the right time. And that's where I really think there is manual work to it. It, I, 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 I talk to my team and I say, I, I let them know about, because that's a place we play in at the Juice. I think we have an audience, we're distributing content. I believe we can do even more. And so I tell them, it takes me so much time every day when I publish a new piece and go through the process of writing different copy for every different channel. And, and I, I, it's not all the same and it's not cookie cutter because I, I think that would be uh, the, the same as kind of your batch and blast and it would fall on deaf ears. Um, but I think th the modern day marketers who are taking the time to customize what they're doing for each channel and finding new channels are the ones that are winning. And that's where I think like communities play such a big role. Like for me, it's like super path. Jimmy Daly has one of the most amazing content marketing groups out there. And um, just listening and hearing and um, finding opportunities to be like, you know what, like you're struggling with that. I actually just wrote this article or I just had this podcast guest on, like they went deep in this area. Let me share it with you. Like there's so much opportunity to just get deep and build relationships in this, in communities. So we're, I am by no means, this is, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm surprised in a way about how, um, curious the community is about this. And I think um, there are examples of people that are doing it, like pushing it, leaning into it. But I think there's just so much more runway and opportunity to think more strategically about how we distribute content. And I'm, I, I think that's where the juice can play in and we can fit in there in that content distribution category, uh, category that is not even, it's forming um, but yeah, I, I think it just takes work, right? And, and people want immediate results and people want to know that their uh, posts that they had, that they put out in a community led to this many visitors and led to this many leads when you should just be like, all right, I'm showing up here, I'm adding value um, and people are and people are coming our way. People are subscribing to our newsletter and that sort of thing. So opportunities are endless. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the, the, the amount of people that want to think more about it. And I think just with my show, with what we're doing at the juice in terms of the content we're creating, it's, it's a topic that I certainly will be talking more about. And what I'll be doing is pulling in those people who I think are doing it well, so I can learn from them. And in turn, our audience can learn from them too. Yeah. That's, that's the most important part. You know, like you should think about distribution even before you start creating the content. And it is, you know, and also like what you what you said, uh, the last is, you know, like 
including people not only in in creating content but also into the distribution because when you create it together you will distribute it together and you know and this is how you get additional set of hands to you know to help you out in that just just by by planning it out and by creating the relationship and connection connection with people 100 i love what you say and i agree and i'm still i still need to do this i still need to do a better job of thinking about where you want to put it before you start creating it. And so I'm self-managing myself regularly, regularly because I'm taking a look at myself in the mirror and I'm saying, Hey, I'm talking about this. I'm trying to say, we need to do this better. And then I'm sitting on the other side of it and, and I'm doing things the old way. So, you know, the, by, by no means when I say modern day marketer, do I think uh, everyone is at this level where they're doing all of these things and they're winning in a way it's an evolution. Like there are certain traits that we all have as modern day marketers that we're really good at and others that we're, we're working on getting better at. And so a uh, distribution is one of them personally for me. And the more I lean into it, the more, the more better results I get and the more excited I, I am about just the future of it. Yeah, actually that, that was the first, well, yeah, actually it, it became an article. I recorded the video, uh, where I created the graph of how I'm distributing the content. And at the time we had two podcasts, uh, a blog, and what it was the third, the third one no idea but it was four content pillars and you know how we distributed the main pieces how we actually cut them out in short pieces and distribute them and it was organic ads and everything and that's that's the first article ever i think i wrote for the funky marketing blog and uh, just by by showing how how uh, I'm doing things uh, and it, it blew up. I got invited to talk about it on a different podcast because like people were like, man, you really get go into the details and talk about these things. But that's what I've been doing my whole life. You know, that's comes naturally. And, uh, you know, that's why I ask you about how did you come up with those ideas? Because I think like it's value first, but you need to explain what the value is. Uh, I think lots of, people in companies just go around and throw it like, Hey, value first, you know, those kind of things. Cause when you actually provide people with useful things, the money will follow. It's not the other way around. 100%. And I think a trait of the modern day marketer that relates to this, that, um, we're actually putting out a piece, a collaborative piece, um, next week on this. So, uh, be on the lookout, everyone ch uh, tuning in here. But this uh, quality versus quantity game, like so much of what we've what we've been born in into B two B marketing is all about volume, and we need more. Like we need more leads. We need more of this. It's for me. It's let's take a step back and let's 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 service and add value to fewer but higher quality. And what are the ways that we can do that? And I think the more we've leaned into. Um, nurturing our existing audience as opposed to trying to reach as many people as possible the better our marketing has gotten and um what i did was i i collaborated with uh I think tw four, 12 or 14 i can't remember this morning i haven't had enough coffee 12 or 14 uh contributors who believe in this that the that the quantity game is uh is is dying a slow death and i asked them hey can you just write a little bit about what you why you're focused in on quality over quantity. And I'm putting all of those pieces together in one deliverable and it's going to be launched next week. And I'm really excited about it. So I think if you are someone who is interested in thinking more or wanting to educate your team on why you should be thinking more about quality than quantity, I think the piece is going to be really good. It's going to be on, uh, on our app and which is free to sign up and it'll also be on our blog. So you can check it out. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, now, what I want to ask you uh, about, because you're in a lot of communities and leverage them uh, well, I kind of, you know, uh, am inside different communities, but like I have this thing that when everything is, is in Slack, I just disconnect after two weeks or something like that, and I may never enter it. Uh, again, I don't know why, but, uh, but you know, some, some, sometimes it's happened here. Are some people that we have in the comments, Kali, Mark, 
Daniel saying hi and saying that Brett knows things. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, uh, and to, to give you kind of the head start, it was interesting, like, um, uh, Sangram Vajra from, uh, from Peak Communities, uh, we connected on LinkedIn and, uh, it was interesting the way he, he approached me and the way we had a conversation because like. Uh, he was like, I am the co-host of the community for marketers by marketers. The goal is to grow like 1% each week together and I'd love for you to join. So like the first thing I asked him, is it on Slack? He said, no, I said, thank God that can work. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I think for me, yes, communities are, it's, it's like with anything you've got to put in the time and the effort and Yes, where it's hosted is gonna you're it's it's gonna resonate with some people, other people know. Um, for me, I peak. I'm a member. I'm a member of Peak. Shout out Sangram if you're out there, go sign up for Peak. Read his book too. There are a couple of plugs for for you, Sangram. Uh, but so Peak is on its own network, and then you've got um, I mentioned Superpath, which is a Slack group. To me, it, it just takes time, like time. And what I've done is. I early on, I started to block off my calendar half hour each day. And that half hour each day was community time. And it was time I wasn't necessarily publishing, but it was time where I was going into these communities and I was listening, I was engaging and I was building and developing relationships. And I did that because I was learning. And then also too, I was finding my next podcast guest through this, mm -hmm. finding out who aligned with my values and our company's values. So um, I think it takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. There's no like community 101 playbook. Um, it's just, you gotta, you gotta put in the effort. And I promise you like the modern day marketers community driven, um, sharing content, building relationships through these, through these channels. And I think there's so much more opportunity in finding the right people for your brand by being in communities. Cause I mentioned this before, the rise of the individual creator. People want to buy from people and not companies. What better way to start a sales process? And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not advocating for going to communities and sell, but I am advocating for build relationships, record podcasts, col collaborate on content, co stay connected, and eventually, the person that you build a relationship with might have a problem that your product solves, and they're who are they going to think of first? They're going to reach out to you. And then you're going to go make sure you're going to shepherd them into your organization, make sure they talk to the right people and that sort of thing. So I just think like the opportunities of learning, connecting, sharing ideas, like it's endless once you're, you're, you jump headfirst in the right community for you. Yeah. It sounds like everything I do on LinkedIn, I just need to, you know, to do the same inside the communities. <laughs> so, so, so just, just book the time and stop being lazy and stop making excuses for it. <laughs> yes that that's what's worked for me and and also like um what you said is uh important because the way people buy today even in b2b has changed like they ask inside the communities or they see who's recommending things or they ask people or they ask like family someone who's who's totally offline you cannot follow like we talk a lot about these days about dark funnel that's the dark funnel um and you know, to be able to leverage that, you got to be in those communities when those people are and actually do what you said. So engage with people, create relationships. Um, and, you know, you don't need to start from, you know, offering something that you have for them to buy, you know. What? Totally. And I think I think what I noticed in communities uh, that resonated with what we were doing right out of the gates was that this idea of like frictionless content and how people weren't putting obstacles in front of their content. They were just sharing it in these groups. And I was within my first two weeks of starting at the juice, people were DMing me on Twitter, new articles and new things. And I was getting text messages from old uh, coworkers with content pieces. And I was like, man, like this makes so much sense because if I have something that I'm learning from and I want to share, what am I going to do? Like I'm going to text my friends, I'm going to slack them. And I think just this, uh, there's so much sharing that's going on that you as a business or a company don't even know about, but you need to optimize for that. Like if you're not optimizing for that sharing, 
and you're putting roadblocks in front of your content, then someone's going to go learn from someone else and move on to the next one. Like things happen so quick. And I just think that's the cool part about communities is that I've gotten to know so many more companies because I, I meet their marketers and I consume their content because we have a relationship and I'm not, I'm not filling out any forums. I'm not getting hammered by any salespeople. I'm just learning and building those relationships. And I think that's an opportunity with communities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, an, an example, when I first started working in a marketing agency, like I needed to learn a lot. Uh, I knew some things, but I needed to learn a lot. So, uh, and I also had another job because it wasn't, high paying job when I started you know, in an agency and basically I was too tired to sleep. So I was just, you know, listening videos and also like reading things sometimes at the same time, you know, while working things and I was sharing everything inside the company Slack and I was sharing so many things and doing so many things that like in, in 13 months, uh, I went from being a rookie to being the first GM of the company that has like 15 people. And, and, you know, just because those guys say, like, we never had a GM, but if uh, Nemanja is the first guy that came to the company that we think is capable of doing that, because, like, you know, the guy is crazy, because I was sharing that while I was on vacation. You know, I took, like, I work five hours a day, five hours a day, I was organizing summer camps. And I was sharing all the, and then like, this guy is crazy. Look how much he's sharing. Look how much, how the things he's sharing are evolving. So, and he's including everybody inside, inside that. So, so let's just give him the company. And, you know, just, just wanted to share this. So like, it's not something that, you know, you cannot do inside the community, inside your own company, or just on any other platform. 100%. No, I love that story. Um, it's yeah it's it's what what i found is just doing things leaning into doing things different and doing things counter to the status quo typically will generate some sort of response will it be positive will it be negative that's that's up for interpretation but i think that's how i've always tried to approach the work that i do is just look at what's happening and kind of go the other direction because there's products are commodities. Everyone's doing the same stuff. Everyone's, you know, got their hot takes on LinkedIn and everyone wants to share. And that's cool. Like that's what everyone's doing. It's like, what can we do to go the other direction, get people's attention and inspire a little bit of change. So I, I love that. And I think I encourage anybody who's listening or watching to, to kind of defy the status quo a little bit and go the other direction and see what happens. Yeah, and one thing uh, I will say, if you want to uh, to learn how to distribute the content differently and to communicate differently, go to Reddit. Like there are tons of subreddits and all of them are different. Some of them just want you to post link. Some of them don't want you to post link at all. Some of them just want you to have a, you know, uh, a few sentences about what you are posting. Some of them don't allow you to post anything. You need to actually get into the response. And when you get to the certain point, then you can post. So, you know, you will you will develop yourself to the to the moment when well, I can do so many things and I can do them do them in a different way. Uh, but tell me tell me one thing that we didn't mention or something that's on your mind because we are coming to the to the end of the episodes. What's 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 something that you want people to to take away from uh, from this episode? Yeah, I think. Um for me would be if you are working with inside of a, a marketing team or organization that is doing things the old way and running, you know, the old playbook that got someone's boss's boss promoted and that that's what you're do, doing regularly. Like, and it doesn't feel right. It feels uh, like you're make, trying to make your audience jump through hoops, catch them in traps, generate leads, that sort of thing, and you're, you're, you're operating inside of this team, like don't be scared to have a conversation with your manager and your manager's manager about why you think you should start doing things a little differently. I think that's the inspiration that I have in, in trying to elevate these voices um, with the Modern Day Marketer on the 3C podcast is that there, regardless of role, regardless of experience, there are some really incredible 
changes happening within these teams because the individual contributor is fed up with it and it says we should do things the other way because we're learn I'm learning how to how to better operate in these communities. I'm learning on Twitter like don't be scared regardless of your role to have the conversation internally about implementing the change and if you're able to do like if if you're your manager or your manager's manager doesn't want to hear it, then you might not be working at the the right place. So that's what my encouragement would be is just don't be scared to have those conversations internally. It takes us all to make this community and industry better. And there's just so much runway and opportunity. So um, that would be my advice. And I'd hope anyone listening would, would uh, that'd be the primary takeaway. Sounds good. I love that. Uh, and I don't have anything to add. I would just say, guys, um, connect with connect with Brett uh, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Go ahead, subscribe to their newsletter, uh, follow the podcast. I've been listening to it for the couple of weeks, and uh, you know, you guys really get get deep on on some of the topics. And I love that because, you know, I can just sit down, don't do anything and I listen to you nerd out about, about things. Um, and uh, Brett, thank you very much for taking time and uh, being here on the show. I'm sure this is not the, the, the last episode we're going to record together. Uh, and I, I, I need to get, I need to get you on our podcast. We need, this is, this is a collaboration. We, we need to get you offline. We'll figure out a good time to record in. Cause, uh, I love like-minded people and I know you have a ton of ideas and have enjoyed following your stuff. So we'll set that up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you guys, um, the only thing that I can say is, uh, keep it funky as always. <laughs> keep it funky.